0: And
1: this is interesting because, just so you know, this is the same number that in modern Israel today to establish a synagogue. They must have 10 men, 10 elders, righteous men, 10 righteous men. And understand 10 is the number of God's law. We know the 10 commandments, there are 10, but 10 is often used in Israel for governmental proceedings and for legal issues under the law. And so we know a quorum of 10 was always needed, but if you've ever wondered, or maybe you haven't, but I'm gonna tell you anyway, where they get this number 10 from, it's from a very famous chapter, again, swipe your phones over if you would, to Genesis chapter 18, I want to show you where this number 10 comes from. It's important for our context, I believe. In Genesis chapter 18, we see this powerful chapter where Abraham, he is contending for his nephew, Lot, because God comes to Abraham and reveals to him that destruction is coming to Sodom and Gomorrah. And this is another lesson. God always reveals to his prophets, to his people, when destruction is coming. And that's very relevant for our day, just so you know. And so here's the thing, for those who want to deny that the Lord is coming for his people and that destruction is coming upon the planet, that's fine, but I know what his word says. It's been revealed through his word and in the hearts of people who love him. And so just know that. We'll look at that again in a couple weeks. But in Genesis chapter 18, we see Abraham goes and he contends with the Lord. The Lord is telling him this, and Abraham has no problem interceding for his nephew. In verse 24 through 25, we read this, suppose there were 50, this is a very famous passage where Abraham is trying to negotiate with God. Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous that were in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Now, when you first read that, you're like, (laughs) "Woo!" I mean, I'm careful not to talk to God that way. But when you have an intimate relationship with the Lord, I think the heart of Abraham is known here to God. And so we know the Lord famously answered in verse 26. He said, so the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sake. But then, famously, Abraham begins to negotiate. Well, what about 45? How about 40? You know, he goes, he goes down this list, and he gets to 20, and, and the Lord says, okay, if there are 20 righteous, I won't destroy it. But Abraham takes it one more step. He's thinking, surely 10. There will be 10 righteous. And in verse 32 and 33, we read this. Then he said, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak but once more. Suppose 10 should be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 10. Verse 33, so the Lord went his way as soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham and Abraham returned to his place. Now this passage and this lesson, this is powerful for many reasons. But I want to mention this. One of the things as I was looking at this and praying, this reveals God's heart for you as you pray and intercede for that family member who is seemingly headed for destruction. All of us in this room, We pray for people, and and sometimes we just want to give up. Abraham didn't give up. He just kept asking. He just kept asking. And we saw the Lord. He's very patient. He didn't rebuke Abraham. And I think this is a lesson for all of us. Don't give up on that person who's headed for destruction. Don't give up on that family member, on that friend, whoever it is who is headed for disaster. Continue to intercede for them. The Lord wants that. The Lord is patient and kind, and he is willing. Continue to seek him and intercede for those loved ones. God is so patient, but we see here, if there were even 10 righteous in Sodom, he wouldn't have destroyed the city. And this is the number that they use in Israel even today. If there are 10 men, they are able to raise a synagogue because they believe that town, that city will not be destroyed by God. And it's really a powerful thing, I think, because you know, Pastor Chuck Smith, one of my all time heroes, he used to, at men's conferences a few different times, he shared a poem that really stuck with me. He talked about how if men will just step up for the Lord, it's amazing if men will just commit themselves to Christ, what God will do and how he'll honor that. And he always said this poem, and he said, it's, it, was, it went like this. Give me 10 men who are Christ-centered men, who will stand for the Christ they adore. Give me just 10 who are Christ-centered men, and I'll soon give you 10,000 more. And if you think about the Calvary movement, and what God did, he was true to that. But also I know this, men and women, we have more than 10 in this room who love Jesus. We are a blessed fellowship. I see what God is doing. This is not to pander. This is really, I say, in fear and trembling. I see who, who God is assembling. I meet some of you. I talk to you. I hear your talents and abilities. Your are calling for the Lord. I see how humble you are, how much you love the Lord, how much you seek after the Lord, how much you love his word. This is rare. This is beautiful. It's too bad it's rare. But I see, I'm not ignorant to the fact of who God is assembling in this place. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about the work of the Lord and he is assembling a foundation here. Again, it's not pandering, it's truth. And my prayer and your prayer should be, Lord, bring in those you desire to be here. Lord, bring in those you want to be here. Those who are humble before the Lord, who seek him, who love his word and who are willing to step out. But back in our chapter, in Ruth chapter 4, we see that Boaz, he goes and he gets a relative, and again, most likely their cousins. He gathers these 10 elders of the city at the gates for this legal proceeding under the law, and then he does what he said he was going to do. He's a man of his word. He's going to take care of this matter. And all of this is showing the wisdom of Boaz, verse 3 and 4. Then he said to the close relative, Naomi... Who has come back from the country of Moab sold the piece of land which belonged to our brother Elimelech and I thought to inform you saying buy it back in the presence of the inhabitants and the elders of my people if you will redeem it redeem it but if you will not redeem it then tell me that I may know for there is no one but you to redeem it and I am next after you and he said I'll redeem it so this guy First of all, we see that word where he says our brother. That's just a term, just a casual term like we say today. You know, like, oh, that's my brother. Or, or like I say, that's my brother from another mother. You know, that's, it's one of those things where it's just casual. It's just brother because they're most likely cousins. But we see this. They are definitely connected. And most scholars agree that they're most likely cousins. And then he says, come aside, friend, and sit down here. You he wouldn't say that to your biological brother, necessarily. Um, especially if he made you go outside in the freezing cold and turn the antenna and things like that. You know, I have to tell you, here's another rabbit trail. You know, one time, my brother, you know what he did to me? You got, I, did, I say this for sympathy, so you've got to feel sorry for me. He said, hold up this dartboard." <laughs> but see, I'm, I was so dumb as a young kid that, you know, I just wanted to do what my big brother said. And so him and his friends want to play darts. And uh, what do you think happened? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I got darted, so. Um, but I kept doing those dumb things. You know, one time, I'll tell you, I'm telling my brother. So one time, you know what he did? We were gonna play baseball, and he hated when I'd tag along with him and all of his friends. And so there was this old car in the middle of the desert by the field, we play baseball. And he told me, hey, we have this really cool thing where we put you in the trunk, and then you get out, and it's a really fun thing. I was like, okay. You know, I just believe my big brother. He puts me in the trunk, And then they can't unlock it. It's the heat of the day, you know. (laughs) It's like they have to go get my dad. And he's like, oh, don't tell dad, don't tell dad, don't tell dad. Tell him you did it. And I'm like, no, I'm not taking the fall for you, buddy. You put me in this trunk. And my dad had to dig through the back seat to get me out. Uh, There's some some relevance in that, too. (laughs) But in any case, this is not his biological brother. We know that because he calls him friend. But we also read there he says to the close relative, and that's the word goel. That's the kinsman redeemer. Boaz lays out the situation. And of course, this relative, as soon as he hears that he can become rich and it's easy money, it's easy land, he says, oh yeah, I'll take it. He's quick to answer. (laughs) You know, and what a lesson for all of us, huh? How many of us, don't raise your hand, uh, and don't raise your hand for the one next to you, but how many of us need to be slow to speak? You know, I've often heard God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. You should listen twice as much as you speak. And uh, some of you are thinking, amen, brother. But uh, here's the thing. This, this relative, he thinks, oh, I'm going to be able to get rich, have more property, more in my portfolio. I'll take it. But Boaz knew this. And he says, well, wait a second, friend. There's a catch. Verse 5. Then Boaz said, on the day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you must also buy it from Ruth the Moabitess the wife of the dead, to perpetuate the the name of the dead through his inheritance. And so this man, Boaz is smart. He had a plan here. He says, there's a catch. If you take the land, you also have to take this Gentile woman, not just any Gentile. Remember, I told you the Moabite women were were, uh, very low esteemed in Israel because of the judgment that was brought upon Israel because of the Moabites. There was a curse put on them for 10 generations and Ruth just happened to be in the 11th generation. But think about this, this man thinks it's going to be easy just to get this land but remember this, this man we're going to find out is most likely married with sons of his own and so just imagine he has to marry this remember she's much younger the Moabites were known for their beauty. (laughs) Ladies think about this okay from your perspective. He would have to take her as a bride and raise up children of his own. So he would have to take her with him, this younger, beautiful, Moabite, Gentile woman. He'd have to take her home and say, honey, look what I brought home. <laughs> hey, <laughs> how well do you think that go over? <laughs> but look at how he quickly changed his tune, verse 6. And the close relative said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I ruin my own inheritance. You redeem my right of the redemption for yourself or I
0: cannot redeem. This it. has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit golgothafellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.
1: Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m., and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G O L G O T H A G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A-Fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you, and remember to hold fast.